Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today. Welcome to December. It's December 2nd already. Jeez, we're in December. Hard to believe. My favorite time of year, and I feel like it's going by too fast. I don't know what to do about it. I want to stop time just for a while. I love the colder weather, and we finally do have some here. I mean, it's it's kind of cool to have to bundle up to go out. And I, and I know the bundling up isn't the same as Chicago's, and they probably make fun of me for saying that, but it's a big deal. But today's topic is an even bigger deal because the day I saw Christ, literally the day, like when I went home and sat in that chair after having dinner with Christine, and Christ said that one ounce of pure love or pure intent will overcome any obstacle provided that it's pure. And I'm like, well, that's huge, provided that it's pure. How do I know if my intentions are pure? Especially when I never really thought of intentions. I just assumed that whatever I would do, I was doing for the right reason. But what I didn't take into account was how deep intentions are because there may be someone around us that their intentions are to get something from us or just to be around us for whatever their reasons may be or to get us to do things for them. And we mistake that for them loving us. Then we find out later that that wasn't the case but we trust people without knowing them then when we find out we say wow that how did I miss that it's because of what we miss in ourselves when our intentions when you ask yourself hey why do I want to be with that person for real. Am I lonely? Are they the person I always dreamed about physically? Because you'd be shocked how many of us want a certain type of person physically and then we're willing to deal with all this other stuff mentally to have them. But your intention was to have that person who looked like that because they were going to complete you. And then you get there and you find out that's not what just happened. And you're struggling. Now you're trying to save the relationship or you're trying to work on the relationship. When relationships, when the intentions of both people are good, there's something that's understood there that works. 
Making promises to yourself for things you want isn't pure intent. Well, if I just get that, I remember way prior to seeing Christ where I would say, if I just had this, I would be happy. If I just had that, I would be happy. Never thinking about what I already had making me feel happy. I was happy with my kids. I was happy with my job. I was happy with a lot of things that went on around me. But there was that one spot that I was hoping to fill. And that would be the right person. So all my energy tend to get tended because not anymore. Not that I knew how to identify what did I really want. If I were to take a person's body out of the picture or age out of the picture or background or whatever it was that we identify with what we think is attractive to us, And we say, if I really thought about the kind of person I am and how I lived, what kind of person would be able to get along with me and that I, too, would be able to get along with? Because it is the quality of life in every single day that makes a relationship work because if you don't wake up every day feeling like you really really know why you're somewhere you may not be able to stay there very long if you take a job with the intention of using it as a stepping stone you're not going to give the same kind of effort as you would with one that you were very happy about getting, felt it was the right job for you, and knew you wanted to work your way up that ladder. Really understanding how to tune in to ourselves is so much harder than we think because it's so easy to make a quick decision and something that will affect our lives every single day. We have been taught to think about what people will think about us if we do this, if we do that, if we go here, if we dress like this, if we, you know, attend this party, whatever it is we think in our mind is going to change a perception of us we want to do because the perception we have of ourselves hasn't been thought out all the way to the end in our own mind, in our own heart. If there comes a time where you can, you can take what you think you want. I, I remember two years ago after the car accident, Right right after, because the day that I got in that car accident, I was literally during, like, the minutes before the crash, 
literally just talking to God. I hadn't done it in a while because for some reason in those two years prior to the accident, I didn't see Christ. I would see him like if I thought about him or I would hear him if I thought about him, but it wasn't like when I first saw him and he kept showing up at my door. So I'm driving and I go, well, God, I think I did what you wanted me to do. I don't know if I can afford to keep doing it while I'm living here because I have to take care of myself. And since I didn't hear you, I have to assume that maybe this is over. Like maybe I did what I was supposed to do. I wrote the books. I did the show. I reached out to as many people as I can, but with whatever intelligence I have and whatever love I have, I feel like I've taken myself as far as I can go. And now my kids are grown and they don't really need me anymore. So maybe I just go back to like my life before I saw you. And I literally thought it through, like, you know, okay, I'll get a job and I'll get to meet people every day. I get to dress up every day, have lunch every day, come home and then do something at night. And I was going to, like, go back to my old life because that was the purest of intent that I had, really believing that I'd finished what I was asked to do. And I couldn't figure out why that was a piece to the puzzle that some of the things Christ told me didn't happen, but I just assumed that it was because I did not know what those things were, or I wasn't smart enough, or I couldn't see it, or I didn't have the money to do it. But for whatever reason, I just felt like, okay, it didn't show up. So I don't know what to tell you, but I've done my best. Like, I really did do my best to the point where, you know, I had to borrow money to do this. But I really feel bad about borrowing money. I really feel bad about having to pay people back. And I don't know where I'm going to pay them back from. And it may take me the rest of my life to do so. But all those Feelings were behind that intent. There were things that took me a long time to admit to myself to get to the point where I was just like almost just telling God, okay, like here I am. This is me. This is me with my, what I think, where I failed, where I feel like I did what I should have. And understood my capacity. So somewhere in there, I completely believed what I was saying. And no sooner did I look up and a car was flush stopped on the freeway. And in Southern California, that is not a smart thing to do. And it was a Saturday afternoon, sunny, warm, and a brand new driver, the age of 15 and a half, was driving on the freeway and stopped in the middle of it. I did what I can to avoid them, but I just clipped them from the back. 
and totaled my car. But what happened? Do you remember when I told you guys about prayer? Prayer is just talking to God. You don't have to set aside and, oh, I need this and I need that because a prayer isn't a fix-it model. A prayer is to ask for guidance because you really just, your questions, your actions took you to understanding your own limits. And basically, I didn't even ask for anything. I was just stating what I really believed, and I really believed that. But I know God was listening because that minute I crashed and I walked out of the car, just walked out. The people in front of me didn't come out to check on me, but they called 911 because they didn't think I was going to walk out of that car. And I never thought I wouldn't. But that moment was a defining moment. One, I was hungry. Two, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to take me an extra hour of my life to get home. And the car crashed. Like, can I even drive it? And those people called 911, so the police came. And in California, you don't necessarily have to have the police come because everyone just exchanges insurance and takes off. But because they thought I was injured, they called. But I will say that that hour, I knew, because I heard in my head, you thought you were done. You haven't even begun. By the time I got home, I knew that I had to reach a person who knew how to help people organize their business plans. Because my business plan consisted of me and periodic people helping me when they had time and borrowing money. That was my business plan. And I kept thinking that one day I would make it to a certain place to where I could pay everyone back and do this and that. And that day, I was like, that hasn't happened. I've been around for a while. Hasn't happened. But I was as honest as I knew how to be. Not trying to be as honest as I knew how to be. I was just like, hey, I don't even know if I'm smart enough. And for the first time, I stopped thinking about what anyone thought about me. Like my family, my friends who hear me talking all the time and are, you know, are like, well, poor Nadia, you know. (laughs) I wish there was something we could do. They stopped even talking about my work, except for one. My family never. It was like the thing, the big elephant in the room. And I knew in my heart that they felt sorry for me, were disappointed, thought that there was something there, but their belief didn't go very far because everybody just wants you to be, to make it, 
and making it means to be well-known and believed and all of that. And I didn't feel like I had anything to prove in that respect, so I didn't even try. But that disappointment from them affected me for a while. But by the time I had that conversation with God, I no longer cared what anybody thought. Because I thought to myself, the only thing I have to think about is how am I going to take care of myself for the rest of my life? And since I hadn't seen Christ, I thought I was done. And then it was just to get me to the place of understanding where I was being realistic about what I was doing because our intentions don't have to be perfect. They just have to be pure. And that's something that Christ said over and over again. I was not perfect, but I was pure. And I had to learn that in different stages. And that's why today, in this month of healing, don't tell yourself who you want to be 10 years from now, five years from now. Discover who you are today, because that will set the pace for those next 5 and 10 and 20 years. Could be even for the rest of your life. How do we see and know and feel and learn to identify our emotions? And how do we get that part of us to be what leads in our hearts and our minds, our own reality? Like, yeah, I'm a person with these traits. I get impatient when things take too long. Or I love the process so much I can't get out of the process. I don't actually want the answer. But at least know that. The more you know about yourself, the more you really are realistic with who you are, the less anybody around you, especially if it's negative, will affect you, which means that your decisions will be made from your heart to yourself. The people who lead by example understand that what they believe about themselves is their contribution to life. When people feel like they have to be perfect and they're working all their lives to be perfect and then they get an illness and they go, well, what did I chase that for? Why didn't I relax more? Why didn't I enjoy my life more? And now what am I going to do? It's never too late to say this is who I am. I'm a person who worked as a radio host 
in my lifetime. I'm a person who later in life wrote books. And on my way there, I had kids and I did this and that was my body of work. I'm watching my children create their bodies of work. I'm watching each and every one of us as we get to know each other create these pockets of light for ourselves that we enjoy. And instead of getting upset with ourselves or hurting ourselves or taking away from ourselves when things don't work out, when you do them with pure intent, you leave with a lesson. When you do them to get something back, you leave with mistrust in yourself that you could complete things, upset that it didn't come out the way you wanted it to, feeling like you have to control it more, all the things that ego comes in and starts playing us like a fiddle, starts giving us fear and doubt and worry and controlling us and guilting us into believing we are not worth the outcome that we wanted. But purity, knowing why you're doing something, will take that and throw it on its back. It can look ego in the eye and say, that's not true. I wanted to try this. I did try it. I found out how it works and also how it doesn't work. And in that, I found out that I didn't really care enough about this to really push to that limit. Or you might find out that you cared a lot about it and you far exceeded what you thought and you were surprised in that way. The day I got in the car accident, taught me that God doesn't answer our prayers the way we think. Mine got answered with a car accident. Literally, with that car accident, it it took my life, put it back to the fork in the road, and put me on a path. Because now that path I could see because I could see who I wasn't. So I knew what to ask for. I knew other than putting food on my table, what I needed to make this happen. And what I needed to make this happen was me. I had to believe that I deserved someone to really help me, not to beg for money, not to feel like I owed the world everything because I needed to survive to do this work. I needed to believe that I could do it. That information, not me, was worth it. And all I needed were people who knew what I didn't know. Within an hour of that accident, Excuse me. And had I not done this that day, I may not have done it. But I called one of my friends who knew someone 
who help people create business models. And that's what happened. On my way to that appointment, which was 10 days after I had her call, and he took me in just as a favor to her. And when I came in, he said, I don't even know what this appointment is for, but if Pam asks me to take an appointment, I take it. And I said, wow, what a start. And I had my PowerPoint. She gave me two examples of one to do and one not to do. And I never opened my book to show him what I had. Because when I got there, he said to me, what do you do? And I said, well, I write books and I host the radio show and I do these one-on-one appointments and I need to do better than this to do this. But I don't know what better is. So I'm here. So he said to me, what are your books about? And I was still in this place where I wanted in a business world with business people to avoid telling them about Christ. But in my heart, I knew that was the story, right? That was the reason of my entire body of work. But I didn't want to tell it. And I ended up telling it from the beginning. And he only had an hour and a half. So by the time I was done telling it, he had to go. (laughs) And while I was there and I told him, I felt like, I felt him like feel it, almost like, you know, a magic wand. But then at the end of it, he says, oh, wow. You know, I'm agnostic. And I'm like, what? but I want you to send me a copy of your book and I'm like well it might challenge that agnostic thing you got going on I said well I went to seminary school I know what you're talking about I just didn't believe what I said then he was preaching at at a Sunday thing and at a Sunday service And while he was talking, he told himself, I don't believe a word I'm saying, and he never went back. And as a result, was agnostic. So while I was leaving, because I understood my intention, I went there for help. I was mortified that I told him this story, especially after he told me what he told me. But something in me said to him, and here's a man who leaps and bounds ahead of me in business. And he said to me, I said to him, I said, if you can figure this out, then I'll know you're good. Because I've tried everything. Other than I know that the timing is not in my hands, right? It's in God's hands. And I leave. And I got really, really shaken. And that night I went home and I go, there I went again. I blew it again. I go in to get business advice. All I can do is tell the story over and over again. 
and I don't know where to go now. I just thought for sure he's never going to deal with me again. I was like a space cadet all day. I, the show I did the following day was about hope because I needed hope. And while I was doing this show, I feel. I felt like, hey, I know what I need. I just have to find it. Because I knew my intentions. Intentions are important in a relationship, the intention to be there. In a job, the intention to want to grow there. With our children, an intention for them to grow. In our work, a belief that where we are is exactly where we want to be. Because when you can keep doing an intention check, you will not fold and fall because of one person's opinion. You will not fold and fall. All along, all we've wanted to do was be able to work with ourselves. And the only way we can is when we tell ourselves why we are doing what we're doing. And we can sleep with our answer. I am doing this because inside of my heart, I feel settled when I do that. I feel whole when I do that. I feel peace when I do that because it's true. I only have 10 seconds left. I can't believe how fast this show went by. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great Monday and a great start to your week. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.